I have never wanted to withhold anything. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock was landed on us. He counted on America to be passive. He counted wrong. Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Does my sexiness offend you? Welcome to True Math, the podcast with everything you need to know. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the True Math Studios, the official True Math Studios. It's it's a huge operation. We have interns. We have bottled water. It's Fiji. We're living big <laughs> up here in the True Math Studios. Amun, how are you? I'm doing well. Classes are killing me, I'm not going to lie, but you know what? We're ready for the show. Moving into Columbus Day weekend. Uh, yeah, what even is that, to be honest? A holiday that everyone agrees on is a great idea and that celebrates a remarkable man, Christopher Columbus. You got me started. There's never... There's <laughs> no, is there anything bad on him? I haven't heard any dirt on that. <laughs> You're so annoying. What? It's, I, I think that... You know what? I will say it would be nice if we renamed um, the holiday, but I, I'm not mad about the day off we get. What are we going to rename it? Indigenous People Day. I'm pretty sure some some states definitely renamed like celebrate it. Indigenous people they Day. like officially changed the name on their like some sort of contract. I've seen there is a crazy headlines like thing. that. We're gonna jump right into this crazy thing I read that blew my mind. That might be like just a dumb person, like like it'll blow a dumb person's mind. Well, but it blew Native your mind, Americans, so don't say that. <laughs> Native Americans in the United States had permanent like standing structures. Like, because when I thought of Native Americans, I just thought teepees. I literally, like, I'm that dumb until, like, recently when I thought Native Americans, I knew that, like, obviously Mayans and people in South America built, like, huge pyramids and they had a lot of stuff. But when I thought of, like, Plains Indians, I thought of, like, temporary structures. They had huge standing structures. They weren't made out of, like, mortar or anything, but they had huge, huge freestanding structures made of, like, permanent materials like like in uh in arizona and new mexico yeah they had these like these like rock pueblos like it's amazing i think you'll be surprised to find out how many people will be surprised by this fact largely because in our education system we're taught or it is true but we're taught that they're largely nomadic and hunters and gatherers so you're just kind of thinking of like oh temporary settlers but it's i think that also has to do with like the making us feel good about killing thousands yeah, of people. Isn't, isn't that like the perfect way to make people be like, you know what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was bad that we came here, but it's not like they had anything going, going on. on. Yeah, and also like people who win wars write history, so oh. you feel me? It's History is one of those iffy things where like sometimes you, you have to wonder, is everything 100% accurate because the people who are winning the wars are going to write the history the way they want to? I agree with that up to a point. I do think that that's changing recently. Absolutely. I, because there's, like, the world is so connected and yeah. multiple perspectives. But I'm talking about in terms of, like, Nat- who like how people wrote about Africa when they first landed there. Mm. And that's those stereotypes that we have is, like, very, very... Still remains till today about... So, like, when Africans organize and overthrow governments is looked at as like oh it's just an ethnic conflict that has been going on for years and we use things like tribes but we never talked about we don't talk about europe in that way we say there are protests and there goes my phone 
The moon has friends, and she's gonna turn her ringer off. The moon has friends, and she's gonna shut the phone off. There we go, guys. <laughs> my bad, my bad. God, even your ringer is, like, upbeat and happy. Dude. When I get texts, it's just, like, it's the sound of, like, a an archaic scream. No, I like, kind of need it to <sighs> be... <laughs> no, I need it to be obnoxious so I can, like remind myself to to like look at it because i'm there if it's on vibrate yeah, no one will spend enough time on their phones so it's well i it. don't i really don't you see this bootleg piece of thing That's i really there's tape wow. on my phone guys there's tape to be to hold a crack screen together hopefully i can get a new one but i don't even like using my phone i like people to just like talk to me in like person <laughs> you heard. you hear that? I dropped that off the top of the dome, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Donahue. We, we got we got off track. What what I was gonna say is I, I was lucky enough in um in middle school I had this teacher named Mr. Lowe who was from Senegal. Shout out Mr. Lowe. Shout out Mr. Lowe. Shout out Senegal. I think he's still in Barrington, Rhode Island. I would be really happy. He was like the, you lived in Rhode Island. I I tramped I I like uh, commuted to Rhode Island every day for school from Marion. Oh my like god, you learned something there, new. An hour drive back. Dan, I've known you for a minute and I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, three Interesting. years. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he, his name was Mr. Lowe, and the way that he taught us, like, the story of the end of apartheid in South Africa, it was, like, one of the biggest parts of the course. And when I was learning it, I swear to God, I had the thought, like, well, I mean, this is American history. Like, why am I learning this? Yeah. And looking back on it, I'm so, like, grateful for having that kind of insight into, like, international history. Because the end of apartheid has such a big impact on us today in the United Globally. States. Globally. And, like, has apartheid really ended? Like, oh, it ended on paper? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no. But that just got too deep. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. But I do think that it, it was a significant Moment. It's like one of those landmark things, like Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. It's like a landmark Ending court case. something on paper does not make it immediate and retroactive. Tell that to America, though. Yeah, exactly. Racism I mean, is over. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Wait, you didn't, you didn't hear about that? <laughs> That's why we're in this room together. The moon because racism <laughs> is over. It's over. Racism is over in the True Mass Studios. Aw, it, it never existed. It never existed, at least God here. dang, 47. We're in, a, we're, in a raci- we're in a racism vacuum here. <laughs> I like is, that. Yeah, which is a, uh, that'd be a good name for a vacuum. A racism vacuum? Yeah. People might take that the wrong way. No, they might think it because it cleans so fast. Oh. Like a race, it's a racism vacuum. Wow, you're full of puns today. <laughs> Look, we're figuring it out. Got no. But what even is the topic today, Dan Donnie? The topic of the day, Imun Legacy, is history and how we learn it. Mm. Because the way that different people learn their own history, whether or not it coincides with the history being taught in the classroom and in like the general ethos of the society you live in, has a huge impact on how you see the social order. Because if you live in a household which teaches history in the way that the American mainstream has taught history, which is Christopher Columbus discovered America and we colonized America. I flinch every time you say that. Yeah. It's like, ugh, it's so cringy. I'm not not making that statement as a truism. I'm just saying that. No, no, I know. I I 100% know what you're saying. Christopher Columbus discovered America. Americans moved in. There were some, like, disputes with the Native Americans. We, like, you know, we squished that, and then now we're all here, and, like, we America was founded by these people seeking freedom and all that. Like, and if you are taught that in the household as well, I, I think that you will 
tend to see society and to see like the social workings around you as being an overall positive and as being something that works for you. Right. Which is it's it's so interesting because school and like your home plays such a significant part in how we're socialized and it like constructs the reality that you have. So this is why I don't get too 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 offended when people say certain things because I realize that people have different realities, and your reality is not the same as my reality. The things I face day-to-day construct how I see the world, and the things that you see day-to-day construct how you see the world. Mm. So if you're having different experiences, and that's how our realities are formed, we're obviously not going to see eye-to-eye on everything. And the way the system is set up, the system, (laughs) quote-unquote, it just grants certain privileges or, like, certain... um, Different, just you will experience the world differently and inherently. So that's why I feel like I keep that in the back of my head when someone says something ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, so many things. Well, going back to the Christopher Columbus discovered America thing, not only were there other like, he he wasn't even the first explorer to have discovered America. There's a lot of his he was lost b like yeah. he wasn't even looking well, there, there's actually arguments about that people, people say that he was specifically looking for a bit a large landmass, and they said that he like this is a disputed thing wasn't he trying to get to india and that's why he called native americans indians so so that's one of the stories but it's not there's this really great book called lies my teacher told me and it's a really great sort of retelling of history, almost in the way that Howard Zinn did in A People's uh, History of the United States of America. Mm. But what um, was stated uh, that is completely left out of a lot of textbooks is by the time Columbus came to the United States, there's a separation uh, called pre-Columbian America and post-Columbian America, mm-hmm. which is right off the bat really like offensive and egregious and Eurocentric in its like context. And one of the things about quote-unquote pre-Columbian America is people don't know if there was a, a plague of smallpox that hit Native American communities um, before when? the pilgrims arrived. Take a guess at what the estimates were for the total amount of Native Americans that were killed by disease before the pilgrims arrived on uh, Plymouth Plantation. I thought it wasn't that much. I'm not. Take, take it like a percentage guess just out of the blue. What do you think? Well... You would have to tell me how many Native Americans were living in. So there, there's like a, maybe I. There's disputed. There's disputes on that. What there isn't a dispute on is there was a basic. It was worse than the Black Plague mm-hmm. in Europe. And in Europe, that the Black Plague is the worst kind of. Uh, Millions epidemic. of people died. Yeah. Up from ninety to ninety-six percent. Some estimates have. Of Native the, Americans, the that percentage that? of Native Americans. Wait, before died. Columbus. But, but well, so with uh, Columbus, there was a great amount of disease. That's that what was I was by Europeans. Aware of, a, lot, yeah. a lot of people know that, and a lot of people fish off the coast of the United States of America. They would make camp on the shore grounds, and <laughs> they think that that's another way that disease spread. But up to ninety percent, and ninety percent is like a ballpark estimate, but it is like like some people have said as high as ninety six percent of Native Americans died. So when the uh, settlers came. And I'm, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I think it's important. When the settlers came, the reason why they had it so easy when they landed and the reason why it was like, look at all this, like, virgin land, and it's like people cut down the trees here, and it's, it's like people lived here. It's because they did. Yeah. 
So that's why it's it's almost like winning the lottery. And mm. when you think about when the pilgrims landed, because mm. they really did, they, they they basically landed on a burial ground. Wow. Yeah. But I think, do you think that history would have happened in the same way if the plague didn't hit? No, not at all. You think so? Because it, it happened this. Because I'm thinking about the interactions Native Americans, not Native Americans, um, Europeans had with Africans that were fully populated, fully living there, fully like the freaking like structures were there, yeah. um, temples and like the Mali Kingdom. Holy crap! Like it's, you can't say it was just like people living in huts. It's, it was an organized group of people living with systems and courts and a legal, like, a, a structure. So, and there was a large population of people living there. But you see how history played out. It's the Europeans dominated. Yeah, I would say... Uh, it would be a little different, I, I would, would say. I would say it would be a pretty big difference in that the Native Americans would have a bigger bargaining chip. And since the European, like manpower was based so hard in Africa, I don't think they would have the amount of, like, resources to mm. colonize America in the way that it was colonized. But backing up a little bit, so the reason that uh, I said all that is to bring the conversation back to a point where it's almost like once you hear all that and once you hear of the downfalls of the way that we've been told history, it's almost like for the average white American, it's almost like, okay, but what do we do from there and an interesting thing for me is that i sort of found myself early on owning that sort of history and being like well i'm the descendant of those people who came like first to america when really i'm not like i'm irish i'm a little bit armenian like i'm not but i look white so it's not really like spanish history with columbus or it's not it's more just like seen now as white history and i don't get why Mm. It's a question that weighs on my mind because I guess it's because I look like they do. Mm-hmm. But I, I do find myself... I think it just boils down to, like, obviously it, it, the era that we're in right now because you weren't regarded... Like, the Irish weren't looked at at the same social status when they first came here. So, like, it depends on the time in the history you are. Yeah, now... Like, it was very hard for us to get a job. <laughs> exactly. When we came here on boats... <laughs> We came off those boats and we look around and we were like, oh, there's a job. And then we're like, there's no job for Base Exactly. And the Irish faced a lot of discrimination in that specific time. But I think now everything's looked at as a general body because it's kind of equalized for the Irish. And you're just lumped in yeah. with you. You experience the same privileges the white people, the white settlers, quote unquote, have. So that's why you get lumped into that history. Same with. You could say that about anybody. Like they're within the immigrant community of of black people that come from straight from Africa, like Nigeria and stuff. There tends to be a little separation between African Americans and th- and how they look at themselves. But collectively, they're looked at as the same. Like that. That's an interesting one. I, my dad, um, growing up in New Bedford, Mass, which is a large, diverse population, he always told me of the interesting phenomenon where. Uh, black people from Africa were treated poorly by like African African Americans like yeah. they were like the the big insult uh, was that the African Americans would call them purple and like, that was a and huge insult. African booty scratcher yeah and, booty scratchers another one and just like wow just like uh, within the community there's definitely sub- 
like even like within the black community black american community there's like team light skin team dark skin that they and which is so ridiculous because you're going back to like how slaving feels like we you were both all we were all enslaved do you know what i mean so it's just or we were all we all would have been enslaved if because i'm from ethiopia so i don't I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not trying to claim um, history that is in my own. But uh, bottom line is there will always be separation between sp- communities. Even like I feel like in the white community. What do you think about because in the white community it's definitely not as apparent. And when you have that like light skin, dark skin, there's I don't I can't think of anything synonymous in the white community. And a lot of that is just like comic. So you, I do think yeah, some of it is like, some of it is like oh you're so light skin haha like there's yeah. so light skin tendencies qualities yeah, yeah yeah we yeah I know what you mean but there's but that comes with a lot with a lot of history explain, and background that to me because I don't know if a lot of people know uh, like, you're acting light skin I don't think a lot of people know what's meant by that uh, you always put me on I spot for these definitions know. let me see well, I, mean, so, I don't want to be the one who gives it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true okay so. Um, I would say like you're acting light skin, light skin, light skin, skin. Drakes of the world is like you're I, in I tune. See it as, like a feminizing term. Yeah, that like, kind of too. You're calling someone like it's almost like a nice way of calling someone like a bitch, like you're being a bitch. Oh, yeah, I guess for male it is. For males, yeah. For girls, it's like a it holds different connotation depending. How, but how awful is that? That like that's a that's a horrible thing. That's to what do, I'm saying. That's quite like a ten, like demasculizing someone right but they all or like making fun of them because they're into in into their emotions that's the theory yeah Yeah. um but then there are also things like that they light-skinned people called dark dark skin people like really aggressive yeah and like just a lot of stereotypes that stem from like slavery essentially yeah both of those are dead like you can uh, when you explain it i never really sat down and thought Thought about about it yeah but when you do like put it out like that yeah that's exactly like and that's why it's it's so like there are people who are so against saying things like team light skin team like i would never say that i'm just like yeah why but i can also see the comic in it like oh drake's so light skin haha like but with every joke there's a certain like i'm gonna tell me do you have a name for your specific shade though what you mean? Do you have, like, <laughs> Listen, I always tell people I am on the spectrum, like, a degree of the spectrum. You don't say like mocha caramel swirl, though. I'm going to fight you. No, I'm just Stop. asking. <laughs> no, I've, I don't even, I've never been asked to describe my skin tone. My thing is, if you see me in the summer, I'm, I get really dark. And then if you see me in the winter, I get really, really light as well. So I, I always say, like, if I was in Africa and I was still in Ethiopia, I would be like more darker and that would be the true skin yeah. tone that I would show but y'all put me in this damn cold uh-huh. so I'm sitting here looking pasty it's and ashy fault. it's my fault no I'm talking about the <laughs> no the world the world put you yeah, in the world yeah the world uh, Massachusetts the state of hey, Massachusetts why are you forcing the moon to be out here looking crazy in a giant ass that, no that was able to wear her. it was more y'all as in my family to be oh, honest okay. but also like hey, Massachusetts family, we're putting you on blast right now <laughs> I'm like, Mama, you could have went to Florida. <laughs> Why are you from me in Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Wisconsin is despicable. Like, it, it's they? freezing. And then I was like, oh, yay, we're moving. And then she chooses Massachusetts, which is basically like you need a winter jacket at night. And then you could be butt naked in booty shorts during the day. Yeah. You have on the AC at night. I mean, during the day and 
during the fall, I mean, like it's just like I don't even know how to dress right now. Well, but going going back, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to no, it's here, good. Here, I would. <laughs> I I would say in in the white community, and I mean, I I bet every single community does have some sort of stigma placed on the tone of skin because I know that in a lot of places in Asia, it's seen as very common. Um, like like. Korea, I know for sure, it's seen as very common for people to try and lighten their skin. Like, there's creams Even called, in the black community. There's like, creams called skin lighteners mm-hmm. in Korea that people put on, and it makes... And it's gross. And in the white community, though, I see this, and you can disagree if you want. I think People try to get tan. The opposite, yeah. Yeah, but you, you know, that has dark. to do... That has to do with socioeconomic status. Like, if you look at, like, during... It's, like... I read this thing about it, and it was talking about back in the day, like during colonial era, you had to be very fair skin. You wanted to be light because that meant you weren't out working, you weren't lower class, you were in the house, and it had to do with showing wealth. Now, if you're tan, you can afford vacations type of thing. And I don't know if it's like that deep, to be honest, but like everything, when you analyze it, I feel like it just goes back to like a certain like why do we perceive tan more beautiful than pale now it goes back to money i feel like but it's not beautiful to be like super super dark like black i don't know about that i think that there's a lot of white people that take great pride when people ask them if they're like mixed absolutely i think think that has to do with like great great deal of pride because there's a i think there's that and we've talked about that yeah there's nowadays and i think this is pretty frequent this like inherent desire of a lot of people in like the white community that want to be other like mm-hmm. they want to see themselves as something different yeah you want to that's I'm, where a lot of appropriation comes from mm. but i does that come from like lack of knowing your, your own history no i think it's actually learning your own history for a lot of white no, i'm people talking about people who claim like who get excited when they're saying like oh you look mixed yeah. but they're not like, why Why do you think that would happen? Why do you think they would get excited at it? Yeah. Because it separates you from... The like, exotic? Now, fr- well, it separates you from the now apparent history that white people did a lot of terrible things. You think it's that deep? Like, you ask a middle schooler and she gets, like, excited about being called mixed? I, I definitely... I felt that way when I was younger, when I started learning about the history of slavery and I started learning about the history of segregation and right. all that. I, I really did start to at a really young age see myself being very guilty i felt very guilty for a very long time about really absolutely yeah when i, when I, was, I feel like you're just like a compassionate person and like i don't i'm i, I mean i, was I believe i was a sensitive young man but I, I i think that a lot of people are on that same I yeah white people, guilt is definitely real i've had my friends would, tell me that it, and it's almost like, you know, boo-hoo for your white guilt when people are, other races are going through real socioeconomic problems and all your problems are, are like, stemmed in guilt. LOL, dance spilling the tea right now. He's like, I, boo-hoo. Yeah, well, I, uh, and, and that's from, I, I've, I've talked to enough people about this where I've kind of gathered that while it is, like, guilt is definitely a problem and people should, like, deal with that on a personal level. It is almost in a way like no, oh, I hear, yeah. But I, I do also think that it stops a lot of people from going out and connecting with people of other races if you feel that kind of guilt because it's almost like you want to avoid it because in your heart you're like, oh yeah, it's almost like you're trying to avoid your past by avoiding people of other races. Or some people, I feel like they overcompensate, like you, 
you insert yourself in like certain communities. I'm so sorry. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never seen that on a college campus. That is never. Bye. That has never crossed my path once on a college campus where I've seen someone doing that. <laughs> okay, Dan. <laughs> it might not have been as apparent to other people, so I just thought I'd no, put that. No, I idea. agree. I'm sorry. I'm just, I don't mean that, Amun. No, I'm, I'm gonna just, cry somewhere in a corner. I'm tired and cranky. Dude. Who are you telling? We're all tired and cranky. Yeah, this week has been rough. Speaking of tired and cranky and rough, what about those politics, Moon? Is that is that a happy <laughs> enough tra- leading to tra- a horrible thing that's happening? Are you trying to get me more cranky? <laughs> what do you think? It, why is everything so bad? Like, why are both candidates so bad? I've never, I haven't met one person yet. That's crunk on Hillary. Are you serious? Like, cr- like real, like. Dude, I have people down. who have, like, I have, I have seen people who have her on their Instagram bio, Hillary. But I feel like if you talk to them and you started bringing up some of the stuff, I think there are a lot can of. Can they deny it? Can they deny like the, the shenanigans? Right. I think there are a lot of. Shenanigans is a really nice way of putting. <laughs> I think there. are a specific community that really identifies with Hillary. Right. I'm going to put it that way. There and a lot of people that I see like on campus that are like I'm with her, I'm with her tend to be like my age um white white females who are really gung-ho about which is which you can see yourself in her, you absolutely. know? So it's very I can see how you can absolutely be for Hillary with if you're like a specific community um if you belong to that specific community. Yeah. But I do know what you mean with like cuz I'm a little salty about this election. I'm yeah. like I feel like so my one of my friends said it really best. He was like I asked him who's he who he's voting for and he's like it's like asking do you want to drown or you want to get shot? Like that's exactly yeah. A lot of people. How do you want to die? Term, like, like great, like the better of two evils. Like, yeah. Like the best. And I think it's because of the level of exposure. In the same way that police like violence, it, it, it's a synonymous thing where I don't think police violence, police violence in the black community has always been terrible. But now there's a ton more exposure. So people are like, oh, my God, look how bad this is. Yeah. Now with politics, the the law of the Internet doesn't, like, stop there. It goes into politics. And now with that same rule, I don't think politics have gotten worse. I don't know if the candidates have gotten worse. I, 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 what? Really I mean, think- Donald Trump running is, like, unlike a social... Like, but but hey, that's that's indicative of this because people are seeing how bad politicians are. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we're gonna go for a guy who's not a politician. That's the idea behind Donald Trump. A lot of people think it's a lot more malicious than that. But it is not. Yeah. Every time I talk to someone who is a Trump supporter, it's either he's a good businessman, he's not um, businessman, or he's not like funded. He funds himself. He's self-made, uh-huh. or he's um, they agree with like he's not a politician he's real which i feel like that is very uh, i can, okay let's agree with on the, i don't think he's a good businessman to be honest if yeah. you really dig into that like the amount of bankruptcies he's filed and like the amount of well, like, I, I like daddy the, money that went into that okay so so let's say you're in like a restaurant that's not doing well let's say the political system is a restaurant that's not doing very well and the cooks aren't great and the waiters aren't great. So, like, every part of the system is a little bit, like, corrupt and shady. Mm-hmm. So the manager of that restaurant 
what do you it, it, electing Donald Trump under those reasons? Like, let's shake it up, or let's get the guy who's not a politician in there. Is kind of like saying, hey, like, let's get a dude off the street who doesn't know anything about restaurants and like wears a tinfoil hat and get him in the kitchen. He'll shake things up because right. he doesn't know anything about restaurants. He's not a cook. Right. He's not and one of those corrupt cooks. He's <laughs> just a dude with a tinfoil hat. Exactly. And But even on that surface of um, on that argument, I don't think it holds because he's a lot of people, you, you hear them use the words, wow, words are hard. I'm like struggling to get my words out but i'm saying you hear them say like he's self-made and it's like no he's not he wasn't from the bottom he like had daddy money that went into his his companies too he filed for bankruptcy so many so many times that at this point you're like are you really good at if bankruptcy is like your default you're not good at business i'm sorry and three I, that's why i have a difficult like a difficult time agreeing with people when they say things like that because it's i feel like all those three things aren't true and so then that leaves like even if they were true how are you okay with with well, him being having, so the idea of having a self-made leader the idea of having a strong leader these are all idealistic tendencies that are sort of indicative of a teetering society in a lot of ways because yeah. because when you look at people who revere Vladimir Putin you hear a lot of like echoes of history from people of societies that are on a precipice of something possibly very bad which is what really scares me because when you hear people say I want a strong leader or I want like I want a, a tough leader I want a, a leader who like is self-made no, you you want a team of people because that's how you maintain balance. Balance, yeah. You want a group of people who... You want a person in the seat of power that is going to bring a team of people in their cabinet that has a various amount of ideas, strategies, and a diverse amount of life experiences so you're going to get a nice balanced system in there. Right. But when you say, I want a strong leader... It's sort of like saying, you know, I, I want, like, I want a deity. Mm. Like, I want a god to worship in present in the presidency. And, I mean, everybody wants, everybody is disposed to hero worship. Right. But you can't let that bleed into your political opinions. That That's a good point. And also, I would say, like, let's not ignore the big elephant in the room that he, like, his value, like, the values he promotes are like Islamophobic racist and all that so even if he was a great leader and you are someone that's looking for that it's like at the end of the day you can't just separate yourself from a lot of people don't think that though a lot of people like because he's never explicitly said I hate all black people people I don't no no, no. I, I agree that he's I'm sorry y'all should just see my face right now <laughs> she she got very mad at me because I, I didn't get mad crazy. at you I was just like shocked that people can't make that connection because you're able you know to do I'm that. that no I know Dan okay. no, okay. no 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 stop no I'm I'm just like I don't understand how people are able to make connections in other settings because you're like Donald Trump supporters are a lot smarter than people give them credit for it. I think they're just choosing to ignore that part so they don't feel you, guilty. You've come around in a big way in a lot of ways. Cause I think that a, a few months ago when I talked to you about this, you were kind of of the mindset of like, I don't know who these people are. who are Because like, I was I was looking at people who are like the videos that are videos, that yeah. that are very um 
And also, I think I came in, in contact with a lot of people who are Donald Trump supporters just through being an RA. And, like, I have to hold my mouth just because, like, that's the nature of the job. Yeah. So, like, people would, or they'll be like, not necessarily I'm a Donald Trump supporter, but they'll be like, I'm not supporting him, but, like, he's such a great businessman and, like, praising him. And I'm just like, okay, maybe there is something deep to deeper There's to it so than... Much- At least in the north. There are so many different streams and trails of information you can follow nowadays. Mm -hmm. We're all at, like, the foothill of a mountain where there used to be, like, five different trails you could take up. Now there's thousands. The sources on the Internet that you can look at and just be like, oh, I'm going to go to this website, and this website leads me to this website, and I'm going to read all these articles. You can have a wealth of information that's completely, like, biased and false, but it leads you to opinions that just a few years ago would be seen as completely obscure and completely contradictory to, like, the reality of the matters. Yeah. But I mean, don't get it twisted. I still don't understand. In my heart of hearts, I still do not understand. I, I want to make that clear, but I will say, like, at the end of the day, I try to be an open-minded person, so if you... I'm not going to sit here and be like, you're... Like, I just, I'm more open to it. And, like, I've been exposed to enough information to not just call every single person a bigot. But I will say, like, you guys, people need to do more research. Or, like, tap into your humanity, please. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say, like, all people voting for Donald Trump are stupid. But I do think that Donald Trump's candidacy and his rise to power is indicative of a level of, decided ignorance for a portion of the population. Now, does that mean that I think that they are ignorant people? No, absolutely not. I don't think, I think that there are a few ignorant people on the side of Trump, but there's there's a lot of ignorant people on the side of Hillary who are just voting for Hillary because they're democratic and they line up with her ideas and they're on her team and anything that comes out about her is just like, yeah, well, those are probably lies. Yeah. And also, I... I think the reason I'm I'm having these type of like ideas now is because I met someone who said that they're voting for Trump because I don't know how I feel about this, but I was like, wow, it's a lot deeper that he was basically under the assumption that once Trump gets into office, any rhetoric that is too ridiculous that like that is like what we fear since there is like the checks and balance in power, the moderate Republicans won't let that happen. So the things that will ha- that will go through will be essentially just like the core Republican values that he was agreeing with. And he was like, I want so this is like he's like, I'm not really pressed about like him being a racist and an Islamophobic and literally anti anything that's not a white male is because he's like. Um, people, the checks and balance system in America, it's our government is set up so that that won't happen. But I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't agree with that, but I, I realize that there are people who think like that. So I'm like, oh, okay. So they're, they feel comfortable voting for him and they're like, oh, I'm good with the system. Yeah. look, It, it makes you look back at, on previous elections though and ask like, you know, was, was Mitt Romney that bad? Like, I like Obama more than I like Mitt, but I, like Mitt I will vote for any other Republican president other than... was old as a mug, but, like, 
John McCain would have been a good president. Like he wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. After looking at this this election, I was like, I will hands down vote for any other Republican president over Donald Trump. Like next election when it rolls around, do you know what this is done? It it makes me like the next Republican candidate that comes up. I'm definitely going to look at him with clear eyes because I was brought up in a Democratic house, so I know that a lot of my opinions are based on this biased, (laughs) completely biased, completely like dogmatic. Where I'll I'll take the side of the Democrat first, and then I'll weigh the decisions. I'm I'm leaning much t- more towards independency now. I've been and independent. I, I've know. been like I like my parents like are a immigrants. A don't make me bust into a ballad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but um, my parents are Im- immigrants, so obviously like I didn't get they didn't get citizenship until fairly recently. So um. I wasn't brought up in like a re- like Democratic, Republican, or anything mm-hmm. home. Um, my political affiliations, when it comes to like American politics, are solely my interpretation of my experiences and my um, ideologies. So I think from a very young age, I think I just realized because I wasn't brought up with like, oh, I'm a Democrat, oh, I'm a Republican, I was able to just be like, I. I don't f with I don't mess with none of the sides to be honest because mm. both sides have issues that are very. Um, you have a cool third party like perspective on this. I like yeah, but it's funny because I re- like people when I talk to them they will swear I'm a Democrat yeah. just because my like the social issues that I uh, identify as like I'm like oh I'm do you know what I mean they're like oh sh- Amunda they always put me in that category and they're very surprised when I'm like I'm independent like and yeah. it's, and I don't see myself voting as Republican to be honest well it's, it's also like a really basic like like dress and ethnicity thing and people will break it down people think I'm a Republican all the time yeah exactly yeah because I, I look I got I got Republican face on me Cause that, what know, <laughs> Dan? I got that Republican face and that Republican haircut and people are oh what up yeah, you. I mean, if I didn't know you, I guess you do look like a very like my dad's a lawyer guy. Besi- besides, besides, <laughs> besides the way you dress. I'm wearing a lot of salmon shorts. Um, no, I'm just talking about you're just like a pretty face and you got the haircut. Oh, girl. Look at us always going back into how good you look. Oh, it, it brings me it brings me up while we're just stuck in a horrible cramped box. Right. Over the, you know, but hey. How do you feel about people who say they're not voting this election? I mean that's their that's their right. It's not Australia. You cannot vote if you want to. But I um, did not know Australia. You're forced to vote. You have to vote in Australia. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a that was an eye opening experience when uh when my girl in Sweden told me that. Shout out to his girl in Sweden. Shout out Camilla Tilly. Hey. Um, but yeah, she she was like, yeah, you have to vote in uh in Australia, and I think I, I mean that's interesting, but it, it's it's beside the point. I think it's important to have a strong enough opinion to vote one way or the other. And if you don't, just go with the lesser of two evils. And you know what? We always for for I think years, the argument everyone uses is like kind of to guilt trip and people into voting is um shout out Sophia if you're listening to this cuz I definitely had a dialogue where I was Tons like of Yeah, because our opinions are formed by people that are dope people around us. But we'll definitely try to get her on a segment or something cuz she's definitely dope. But Sophia um I was telling her, I was like, I really am having an internal dialogue with myself about not voting. And I think the argument that everyone uses is like, what about people died for your so right you to vote? vote. Yeah. yeah. and it, Or there's just like, 
there are people in other countries that would kill to be in your position to have the right to vote. And I think for me that yeah. that that hits really deep. But also at the same time, now I'm thinking like, I, I mean, I have to vote now. No, you know why? It, it's like it's just like people died for our freedom of speech, and that is why I never stop talking. <laughs> that's that's my reason for it. People died for this right. Da- and on I'm that note, keep <laughs> blathering on. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Columbus Day weekend. Remember, um, when you go out in your full Columbus garb dressed as a uh, a sailor from the 1600s remember eat lemons and limes to prevent from scurvy because scurvy is caused by a deficiency in vitamin C and you do not want scurvy let me repeat scurvy is an epidemic on the UMass campus at horrible horrible proportions these days and i don't want to see one more death from scurvy i'm sorry i'm very adamant about this social piece of i'm sorry i've i've gone too far (laughs) guys don't get scurvy remember subscribe to the true mass podcast listen to every episode they're dropping every single saturday and we out we out